that can be found on page 1207 in the Bibles. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it's necessary to prove the death of the one who made it, because a will is in force only when someone has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every commandment of the Lord to all the people, he took the blood of the calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll with all the people. Would sprinkle the scroll and all the people, sorry. He said, this is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end. For now he has, sorry. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, deep breath. Okay, the writer starts with a mention of the new covenant and uh, that Jesus is our mediator. It was after Paul wrote to the Romans in AD 55 and before AD 70 when the temple was destroyed and the use of sacrifices was totally stopped. The letter was written at a time when being a Christian was difficult and they were being persecuted, so you find it much more difficult than that. Um, Both the Jewish Christians and the Gentiles faced the same persecution. So why was this letter addressed to the Jews? Christianity was illegal at the time, but Judaism was still legal. That gave some of the Jews what they saw as a way out. In order to protect their families and their loved ones, many of them were returning to the synagogues. It was the same God, right? So it was okay. Wrong. Returning to the synagogues meant they had to publicly deny that Jesus is the Messiah. This letter was an appeal for the Jewish believers to stand firm. The writer's trying to show the Jewish believers the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the previous chapters, it's shown that the Old Testament is full of the shadows and hints of Jesus. But the New Testament shows us that Jesus Christ is God in person here, with us, for us. In the Old Testament, we see the high priest being used as our mediator, the high priest being the only person permitted to enter the old sanctuary with its closed tabernacle, known as the most holy place. Jesus doesn't do this. Jesus enters the new sanctuary and appears before God himself. In chapter 24, for Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the one true heaven. 
Where would you prefer the mediation for our forgiveness to take place? In a replica of heaven or the one true heaven itself? Who would you prefer to carry out the mediation on our behalf? A high priest who has to repeat this act every year? Or Jesus, the Son of God, who because of his own... Sorry. Uh, a high priest who has to repeat this act every year, or Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who because of his own perfect sacrifice needed to do this only once. But why did Jesus have to die? Well, because the covenant is like a last will and testament. It only comes into effect when someone dies. Jesus wanted us to have eternal inheritance, that is to live forever in the new kingdom, walking side by side with him. The promise of eternal inheritance goes back to the inheritance that God promised to Abraham. We become heirs through having the same faith as Abraham. This includes justification by faith, being part of a spiritual nation and eternal life. As Paul writes in Galatians 3.29, if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In the old covenant with Israel, the victims were oxen and goats, as we see in Exodus 24.5-8 and Hebrews 9.19. The new covenant, though, was made with the bodily death of the Son of Man. The blood of bulls and goats could never pay the debt of any human being. Only the death of their sinless creator could provide for all the people. Paul explains in Galatians 3, 8, that the promise that all the families of the earth shall be blessed indicates that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Justification by faith is only possible through belief and trust in a sacrifice of equal or greater value to the lives guilty of sin. In this way... Even though the Old Covenant was confirmed only with slain animals, this carried with it a promise of a future sacrifice, so great that it would justify all those who believe in it. So this was the message the writer was trying to let the Jewish Christians know. Life without Jesus as our saviour is not a full life. It is not a forgiven sin. Sorry, it is not a life forgiven of sin. It is not an eternal life.